the uncertainty of this business of knowing that every Monday you're starting over at zero again. You know, there, there's no guarantee of anything. You're actually, you're starting in the hole because by the time you take your lead expenses into it, you're, you've got to climb out of a hole. And it, the better off financially I was, I sold differently. Um, and it, uh, I felt like a financial, I don't know if burden's the right word, but if I wasn't worried about my finances at home, then it wouldn't come across when I'm in someone's home. And I'm there for a better reason. That's to help somebody instead of just to try to sell them something. Plan to fail so you won't. Production will solve all your problems. Some will, some won't. Stop whining, so what? Just hit your weekly production goal. The weekend starts now. Our podcast this week is with Darren Holovach. We call him Vach. Vach started his career in the final expense business in 2001. After a failed attempt in the securities and financial services market, a friend of his introduced him to the world of final expense life insurance. Vach's initial intrigue was in the leads. He would actually get to see people who requested information about our product as opposed to before when it was all referral-based marketing. His career started as a captive agent. After about two years of beating the streets with this company in a territory that was far, far away, he decided that being an independent agent was the way to go, more products and closer to home. Now he has products that meet any client's needs and is well compensated for helping people. Darren is a firm believer that like anything else, you'll get out of this business exactly what you put into it. Last year, Vach was in the field selling for about 80 days. This does not include working from home time and netted, after expenses, over $150,000. He is married with three children and gets to go to all the ball games and recitals and has a ton of time at home with family. This business, more than money, has given his family the time and freedom to do the things they want to do, like allowing his wife to be a stay-at-home mom. Welcome, Vach. Good morning and welcome. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Um, we're going to start where I start with uh, pretty much everybody, um, but it, it's a weird thing because um, you're one of the first uh, actual real agents that I've got to talk to. So um, I know it's weird for most of us, but when uh, when you're out mowing your lawn at uh, at one in the afternoon on a weekday when most uh, retired guys are doing it and somebody comes up and says, hey, what do you do anyway? Uh, how do you how do you answer that? You know, anymore, I used to try to explain it more than I do. I just say, I mean, I, I sell insurance. And I, I try to leave it at that because it, uh, it, it, it leads into too many – the conversation goes too many places because it's like, oh, yeah, for who? State Farm, Allstate, and you're like, eh, it's kind of different. So I'll either say I sell insurance or I sell life insurance, one of the two. Um, and normally, I don't know. I don't know. It, the conversations of other people are so different. On that same note, I'll be at a school deal on a Friday, and another parent will be like, oh, you took today off, huh? Anymore, I just say, yep, sure did, just because it's easier. Um, you, I'm doing, I think this is my 15th or 16th year doing this, um, and 
over all the years of different questions, looking at having people looking at me weird, like get a job, you bum. I've just kind of thought that could be the easiest way without getting into a huge, a huge discussion on what I do. Now, if they press, I'll tell them. But well, I know when I when know. I was when I when we were first in the business, Sue and I would be at Walmart on a Wednesday afternoon, and they'd say the same thing: "Hey, Jim, did you take a day off?" And I'd I explain, try to explain to them. And after a while, Sue finally said, "Just from now on, just say yes. You just took a day off. People don't understand." Absolutely. Sure did. You know, and that's another thing that makes me laugh. Like, when you get these holiday weekends, three- or four-day weekends, it doesn't have any effect on us at all because every weekend's like that. And people just get so excited. Oh, you're going to do anything for the big weekend? I'm like, what big weekend? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess nobody else works on Monday either or whatever, you know. Like with President's Day coming up, not really too far out of the norm for us. So. Yeah, we, we definitely plan on working. So, um. right, People, yeah, the thing that's funny on those, people look at us weird. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a Monday. I'm going to be home on the phone. They're like, what's well, Labor Day? You should be out by the pool. I'm like, I'm good. That's going to mess up the rest of my week. Those long weekends are more of a nuisance than, like, traditional long weekends are more of a nuisance than our normal weekends just because, it throws me off my pattern. So yeah, for sure. I'll give you a, another scenario. Yesterday, I was it was probably two in the afternoon, and I was laying on the couch with my daughter watching uh, her show that she was watching or whatever. And uh, my tax guy called and he said, "Hey, your taxes are done. Uh, are you working hard today?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> I guess." Like checking out what Dora's doing, uh, her in the map or whatever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, tell us a story of how you got here to uh, being 15 years deep in the insurance business. You know, I think um, it started back when I got out of college. I, I played some college football out in Hayes, Kansas, and it wasn't a, a big program by any means. So, there were really no avenues through that as far as, you know, I, I don't know. I wasn't good enough to go on to the next level by any means, but... Um, after school, I, I thought, oh, man, I've got a college degree. That'll be great. And, you know, I'm putting resumes out there. And believe it or not, nobody needed needed an offensive lineman to block for them anymore. And so being being on a football team wasn't as good of, good of experience for anything as I thought it would have been. So an internship or something like that would have probably vastly improved my stock coming out of school. So I, I knew I'd be in sales of something. I had no idea what my uh, my – father-in-law-to-be was in the financial services, you know, insurance and financial services world, and I thought that'd be kind of cool to say you were a financial planner. I like to work with numbers, and um, I, you like to help people. So, Hey, real quick, you let, know, me, co- let me interrupt oh, you. What, uh, what did you get your degree in in college? I got a marketing degree, which is pretty blah. I mean, there's nothing. It wasn't geared toward anything, no minors. I needed 124 credits. I got out with 124 credits and a marketing degree, which uh, I think that and a, a bowl of cereal. And I had a bowl uh, that and a bowl of cereal. I would have had a bowl of cereal. So <laughs> didn't, didn't, it didn't really do too much because I think there's probably millions and millions of marketing people with marketing degrees out there, and it didn't. If I wanted to get into sales, it's the degree did nothing for me. Is my point. Um, and then as I got into the insurance business, it's like, oh, all you needed was a general equivalency and not be a felon. I could have done that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I got out, 
I thought it'd be cool to be a quote unquote financial planner, um, go to a new, new city. You know, my wife, she's from a, a bigger city in Kansas called Wichita. So I moved there. don't really know anybody. Um, I get started, you know, I think I'm living with some, uh, my wife's brother and some of his roommates, I'm sleeping on the basement in between the bar and the wall. I'm paying like 200 bucks a month rent, which thank goodness. Cause I probably couldn't afford it anymore. Um, I always joke back then my, my closet was their bar. All my clothes were hanging on the outside of their closet. My bed was jammed in between an air mattress between a wall and a bar. And, uh, so I'm out there putting on a tie every day, trying to go get referrals, talking to all these people. Um, and I'm a 21 year old kid. I don't know anything about money, but I'm trying to convince other people to, you know, invest through me and do all this stuff. But all of my peers, you know, are basically in the same situation as me. Not only do they not have money, they're not looking, they don't have extra money. So as I'm floundering along at that, I think I made one monster sale and it was to my dad. I probably made, you know, $5,000 commission on that thing. And over the course of that year, I think I made a total of $10,000. So without him, I'd, I'd have probably been in final expense a little sooner. Uh, my wife and I, you know, in my sometime, I think I did that for maybe 18 months to two years. And sometime in there near the end of it, we were invited to a wedding of an old teammate of mine. Um, or I'm sorry, it was an old teammate of hers, I guess. And I saw an old, old teammate of mine. And we just got to talking, what do you do? And he said something, how every week I organize my leads. And that was just like the moment that that caught me. I'm like, what are leads? Like you're actually talking to people that want to see you. And so he kind of explained it to me. He was doing this, you know, burial insurance, final expense, life insurance thing. And so um, he put me in contact with his agency, which was the, you know, the copper agency with Old American and Hayes. That's how I got to meet Jim. I did a ride along. I can't remember who with first, if it was with, with Jeff, Jim, or Scott. Um, it was one of them. I think I rode along with all of them. And uh, I was hooked. Um, not only were you able to go talk to people that had had some level of interest in talking to you, which was such a breath of fresh air, because everything I was doing before that, it was all referral-based, and it was terrible. Um, you get to the, you know, I, I was excited in the financial planning world if I could obviously sell something to somebody or, you know, help them out because I knew a commission would be coming. But even more exciting was like, okay, I've, I was able to help them. Now they'll just give me some referrals. I've got more people to go see. It didn't quite work out that way. Like, eh, if they're interested, we'll have them call you. And it's like, ah, oh. so that would just, you know, put you dead in the water. And you always had your, your prospecting goggles on. Well, with this, you know, you're mailing out. People get this stuff in the mail. They send them back. You know, I don't even carry a business card anymore. And kind of back on an earlier an earlier subject, I'm on. I'm at the store or wherever. I see someone like, oh, yeah, do you have a card? No. You know, don't feel like you have to ask. I'm not looking for your business. You're fine. If you want to talk to me outside of that, you call, you know, send in a card. So, um, anyway, I kind of ramble on to different things. But uh, this buddy of mine put me in contact with them. And so I went to work for the Old American. And I think I did that for about two years. Um I realized in the course of that time that there were uh, we were working with with lower income folks and and price mattered. So I wanted to have more of a 
more price competitive product, I'd say. And so, you know, I think two years to the day after being with Old American, I I quit that gig, re- resigned from them, and became an independent agent. Um, and I've kind of done that since. So now, you know, we got a handful of companies in our bag, and we're pretty darn price competitive every time, as long as we're talking apples to apples. So. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's how I am here today. Sure. Did you, excuse me, did you ever have any dreams or hopes of the steady nine to five, go in, get your paycheck and and punch the clock and uh, kind of do that? Or, I mean, it sounds like when when you left college, you wanted to do something um, commission-based. And you kind of wound up doing final expense, but uh, did you ever have that, you know, I just want to get a job and, and do the same thing for, you know, 30, 40 years and then retire? Did that ever cross your mind? You know, I don't know that I ever even thought about it like that. Um, as you and Jim can attest to knowing me as long as you have, I I probably am not the best planner on stuff. I knew I'd be selling, um, and I knew, I guess, Somewhere, the fact that I knew I would sell, I knew there would be some level of incentive to where the better I did at my job, the better I could do financially. Um, I remember in high school, I think I was in high school, I was a, I sold Cutco knives. Um, and so it's like, well, if, if I knew I had a good product and was in front of enough people, I knew I could do a good job. Um, so I knew I, knew I was going to be in sales. And, you know, I guess I just didn't know out of college, maybe I didn't, didn't know enough about enough different jobs that are out there. You know, I thought it'd be cool to be a pharmaceutical rep because that sounded like that was a good gig. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't have any background, anything medical. No, Nobody came knocking. I was getting out of school around the time all those, you know, resume websites were up there. And so, you know, mine, I'm sure, just got lost in the shuffle, so I never got a chance there. So I thought, well, you know, had had I got an offer out of school at a, you know, even a thirty or forty thousand, heck, even thirty thousand dollars a year, I'd have probably jumped at it. But nothing came along, and I showed them wrong, and went out and made ten thousand in my first year. So <laughs> showed them. Um, you know, I, I guess that thought never even crossed my mind. I, I probably should have been. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, I can teach my kids a little more, and they've got a little more ambition of what they want to do. Well, since you brought it up, I mean, usually I don't ask this question till later, but uh, if if your kids grow up and they say, "Dad, I want to do what you do," how do you answer that? Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I I don't think I'd shy them away from it. Um, I might. I I would let them know it's not easy. I'd let them. Um, they they need to come along with me an awful lot. Um, on ride-alongs and that kind of stuff, but yeah, if they if if they kind of possessed enough uh, enough wherewithal, I'd say, and enough of their own, if they can handle, if they're good enough with their money and they can do it, then I'd be all for it. the The biggest thing I've seen in this business that weeds so many people out of it is they can't handle all of the freedoms that it brings. Because there's not somebody that's going to knock on your door every day that tells you to get out of bed, to go to work. Um, and so if you don't have enough self-starter in you and you can't, you can't control your finances, uh, something's going to bite you in the rear. And that something could be the tax man. Um, that's usually the biggest one. 
Um, I mean, we've just seen people, so many that were good salesmen, you know, but when it came down to the actual running of their own business, it just, it wasn't a fit. So it, it has to, you know, depending on which of my kids asked me or if all of them asked me, I, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to it, but they, I'm going to make them armed in a situation that, that, that hopefully they wouldn't fail at it. So contentment versus drive. I, I seem to, in my life, at least, uh, they kind of are arguing forces. And so, like you said, there's in our business, nobody, uh, you know, shakes you out of bed and says, Hey, go, go work, go set appointments, go get the job done. Um, what, how do you balance, um, you know, forcing yourself to go out to work every week with the, uh, the contentment that hitting your goal provides, how do you find that balance in, in your business? You know, I, I don't know because I almost have the opposite effect at home. Um, my wife, I wish she would kick me in the butt a little more often and say, get out there. I don't want to see you for a couple of days. But she's almost the opposite. She stays home and she's like, you should just stay home this week. And I'm like, you're not helping. Um, I think I, I'm not the best on writing down goals and figuring out where I, what I when and where I want to be. But I know I know how much it takes to run my household. Um and I, I just think that, you know, knowing where we're at financially and where we want to be financially, that's kind of what keeps me going out every week. Now, granted, it doesn't take, it doesn't take huge arm twisting to get me to stay home in a week, but uh, I just, I know if, if I can't set aside two days to get out and sell every week, there's a problem. Um, and that problem is, is me if it's, if I'm not going out, so. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, we, you know, our, our household is pretty darn content as far as we're able to do the things we want to do. Um, you know, the financial end of it, we're completely debt free, which is, is very nice. And it allows you to, it allows you to not, not have, uh, I don't want to say the, the same problems, but your the problems aren't as magnified when you, uh, when you don't have to worry about the, the guy knocking your door getting a mortgage payment or something like that. So um, it, I would definitely say we're content, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be too content where I'm taking off any more than I absolutely have to. Cause you guys know the amount that we, we out that we're out selling. It's, it's not a whole lot on an annual basis. So. And how old are you? I, uh, I just turned 38 in December. So I'm 38 years old. And what drove you to say, I'm going to be debt free as soon as possible. Um, cause that's a, that's a weird thought in today's world. Um, you know, most people just, you know, as long as I got my house payment, my car payment, my credit card payment, you know, and I can cover all those bills, let's keep living it up. So why, um, why did you say, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be debt free ASAP. You know, um, I think a, a big part of it, came back my mom passed away about almost eight years ago and we were we weren't debt free before that um but we were working on it i think we had everything paid off except our house um but just the the uncertainty of this business of knowing that every monday you're starting over at zero again you know there, there's no guarantee of anything you're actually you're starting in the hole because by the time you take your lead expenses into it you're, you've got to climb out of a hole. And it just, in my opinion, the, the better off financially I was, I sold differently. Um, and it, 
I felt like I felt like if I didn't have a financial, I don't know if burden's the right word, but if I wasn't worried about my finances at home, then it wouldn't come across when I'm in someone's home and I'm there for a better reason. That's to help somebody instead of just to try to sell them something. Um, you know, uh, then like say after my mom passed away, we were, we inherited enough money and we were able to pay off our mortgage. And that came at a time when my wife was pregnant, very pregnant with our second kiddo. And, uh, at that time we had decided that when she was going to deliver or when we were going to have the baby, she, uh, she would come home from working. She was a teacher. And so we had to do this with only my income anyway. And so I thought, Hey, you know, if we got enough there to, to get rid of one, you know, our biggest payment, our biggest obligation, um, and we're losing income, that's a, a pretty good time to do it. And so we, uh, we did that, you know, we, we have the things we have are nice. They're certainly not the nicest ones out there. The Joneses are, 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 are fast ahead of us, but, uh, I know I get to see see every step of what my kids are doing along the way, and we get to do the things we choose to do when we choose to do them, which is pretty fun. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned you were with uh, Old American for two years, but at what point did you realize that um, this this final expense thing is the thing I'm going to do? You know, pretty much forever. I mean, I know my dad and I talk about when we. Uh, have a bad week or we're frustrated or, you know, whatever we're, we're always thinking of, you know, what, what could we do? That's better. You know, what, uh, oh my God. let's go find the next I, best we, thing. Uh, yeah, your dad and I, your dad and I were just talking about that two days ago. I think we're, we're always looking. Um, and we, to this day, man, if I found something that I could, could work less and make the same or more, I'm, I am out of here, you know? Um, I, we just in the 15 years I've done it, the however 30 years your dad's done it, we haven't found it. Um, at least it's something that's legal, um, you know. So it's I, I don't know, and it's something your dad always says, and I think you say it. Nobody dreams to be an insurance salesman. It's it's not a sexy thing to say. And then when you see some of the homes we're in, it's just you know it's it's just we have a weird gig. We talk about weird stuff, and we're in some some odd homes and. Uh, it just, it's a great, it's, it's, I don't know. Um, I don't know when I knew this was a forever thing. I knew, maybe on the flip side of that, I knew six months into it that, that this was, that this was a need for people and given the right product that this thing works, you know, paying for leads, uh, going out and working hard and seeing, seeing enough people, you're going to eventually, you're going to hit your goal. Um, so I knew that from that standpoint, it worked. Um, and then, like I said, I, I was at the time with old American, I wasn't that successful. Um, I think part of it, I, I was driving a ton. I mean, more than I do now, I think my territory ended up being the panhandle of Texas, which was like a six hour drive one way. Um, and I was going out with, at, at the time, I was figuring out that I had an inferior product because I would drive that many hours and, you know, you make a sale and two weeks later a guy calls and says, hey, I got the exact same thing and it's a better deal. And I'm like, you know, you can't tell the guy it's not because you know it is, you know. So, you know, after doing it two years, I said, okay, I'm going to find these, you know, better plans. I'll be an independent guy and be able to help help more folks out. So if, 
if, if I've got a better product and I don't get these calls of people canceling my product, well, that's better for them. It's better for me. You know, long-term-wise, I'll get renewals on this stuff. So, um, and again, you know, we we kind of jump from company to company as they have products that come out and they're the best ones for our, our clients. Um, but to answer your question, is it, it? I have no doubts I'll be doing this for another 15 years. <laughs> but if a... If an opportunity that 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 provides what this provides but better is out there, I'd have no no problem going to do it. So, so you mentioned that uh, we we go into some sketchy houses, and this is kind of a, a strange business. But uh, tell me one of your craziest or most bizarre war stories. Um. I don't know which ones I can tell. Um, you know, I one I'll tell. It was it was. I've got three that come to mind. One was in my old American days. I I don't know, I don't remember if it was an appointment or if it was just a door knock. I was at a house in Wichita, and a little little old lady. She was probably eighty plus. Answered the door. Just a tiny little thing, and we're in there talking. And I I think she ended up buying a small policy, and by the, the longer I was sitting there. She, it just started to smell like really bad. And for the lack of a better way to say it, she shit herself when I was there and it was terrible. And like you could see it, it was coming through her nightgown. And I, like, I'm sure she was mortified. Um, that was, that was one that was like a welcome to final expense type thing. Um, another one I think was a few years later, I'm in this home. And this lady, she's kind of vacuuming everything in the house. It was hardwood floors, like I want to say there's some kind of a wood paneling on the walls. And as I was kind of sitting on the edge of her couch, I noticed that if I, I would fix my eyes at one place on her wall, I was still seeing movement with, like, my peripheral vision. And I looked a little bit closer, and there were just roaches everywhere. And that was the fastest home I was in and out of, of an appointment probably ever. Because it was like, I just zipped through stuff, like basically through my car. It was like, here you go. Call me if you're interested. I'm out. So went out, shook out my bags. That was it. Um, the the strangest of my strange stories, I I will never forget. I was in, I was in, as I say that, I'm forgetting what town I was in. I think I was in Enid. I was in either, either Enid, Oklahoma or Bartlesville. I pull up, have an appointment. It's in a trailer trailer home or trailer park. Pull up. It's a pretty. It's well kept. It's it's clean inside. The gentleman is very nice. We're talking away, and uh, you know, I said, you know, some of our plans have some health questions, some don't. How's your health? He tells me it's pretty good. So uh, we get to talk, and he goes, now a few years ago it wasn't so good. I was literally I was living in the VA hospital. That was my my address of residence because my health was so bad. And so we get to talking about it, and and then I, I forget how it even came up, but he said at one point his VA doctor diagnosed him with, with having ED, which was erectile dysfunction. And he had a lady friend. It wasn't his wife, but whatever. They were friends, and the VA paid for him to have this this penis pump that could he pushes a button and he gets an erection and anyway his this lady friend of his wanted to test it out and he said she's not 
he said she was quite a few years younger than me, and she must have been used to a bigger bed. But he said we had gone so so hard and so long at it, she'd fallen off the bed and broken her collarbone. And I, at this point, I am laughing so hard because at this time the guy is like seventy eight years old when he's telling me this, and this didn't happen too many years prior. And I, I didn't even care about insurance anymore or making a sale. I am just enamored with the story. And so, you know, we finally get back on task. And the guy, I'm able to help him. I've got a product that he's looking for. We're in good shape. And as I'm standing up, thanking him, saying, hey, call me if you need anything on this, my life just, like, goes into slow motion. He closes the door. So it's a nice day outside. He, like, closes the door to his trailer and says, do you want to see it? And before I can even react, he's pulling his pants down, showing me this thing, and I'm just sitting there like I have no idea how to react. And, you know, it wasn't – he didn't do anything with it to me when I was there. But just the fact that this guy was that comfortable with me to be like, hey, check this out. You know, I, I guess I would equate it to maybe, you know, if a woman – if a woman got new new breasts, she wanted to show them off. Maybe that was his thing. He was like, he wasn't sweating it. But that was one. I remember I went out, called my best friend, who was a teammate of mine from college, and I'm like, man, I got a story for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I, as I'm talking to my buddy on the phone, I recount the whole thing, and I'm sure in more detail, and I'm sure with more colorful language. But uh, I said, anyway, how's your day going? He said, well, I haven't seen any 78-year-old penis today, if that's what you're asking. I was like, well, not so much. But it just, that's one, I don't I don't think I could forget it, even if I chose to. So that's probably my craziest. Oh, that's awesome. I think we should just wrap up and just be done. I mean, how do, <laughs> how do you my, continue after that? That's my drop-the-mic moment. Yeah, that I, is it. I'm I remember out. when you called me and told me that story, and I, I knew I was hoping you were going to tell it because I thought, man, that is just the best. I've never had anything like that. Oh, my. It, it, there's, it, well, cause I remember somebody, I told that to somebody else. I'm like, what did you do? They're like, one guy, you know, likes to fight guy. I was like, did you hit him? I'm like, I just made like $800. And I'm like, no, I didn't hit him. I'm, I told him thank you, and that was, that's, looks great. See ya. And I got out of there. So it was just a, this business never ceases, never ceases to amaze me. Um, you know, and with all the, I don't know if we, we've painted a, a pretty picture of it, but when the, the bottom line, the folks we talk to, you know, they need our help. Most of them, 80% of them are pretty normal folks. They just they don't have a big income and they need to get this stuff handled. So you really are helping a lot of folks, which is pretty cool. So I think that's part of what keeps me coming back to is, you know, as long as you can go into somebody's house and have a halfway intelligent conversation about why they mailed this card to you, you're going to help them. You're going to help yourself. Um and it's it's a pretty good gig. Well, to that point, though, um, I know we we talk about this a lot. That I'll be going through my day, and you know, I I try to do this, you know, one and done, and, and get home, and um, you know, it's not looking good. And then I'll, I hit hit one out of the park in the bottom of the ninth, and you know, make a hundred and fifty dollars sale at eight p.m. and and hit my goal. Have you ever had what's you know one? one time that sticks in your mind that you you didn't think it was going to be a very good day or uh, and you hit one out of the park in the bottom of the ninth? Um, you know, I'm sure I have. I think one of the biggest ones that I remember was a lady. It was down in Oklahoma. Um, I had touched base with her. She was a business owner. She and her husband owned a small business. 
and she's like, I sent that in. I got she, and she was kind of brushing me off, but she wasn't. And like I, I was at a point. I think this was last year. I was at a point in the business where I just asked people. I'm like, hey, it's okay if you tell me not to call you again. But she was no. I am interested. Call me the next time you're in town. Call me the next time I was in town. She said, hey, I'm still. Our term policies haven't expired yet. Call me next time. I called her next time again. Pushed me off. And every time I ask her, I say. I will not call you unless you tell me to call you. She said, call me. I'm interested. I do want to talk to you. So I said, okay. So anyway, last year, I finally got in front of her. She said, I remember you. Come by. We need to talk. So I go over there. They, uh, they were looking for a decent amount of coverage, 100000 on each. Her husband was in, must have been in better health. He had re-upped a term policy or something, and she had been declined. But she was hell-bent on wanting $100,000 of coverage. So I had to stack like three or four apps on top of each other. And out of this one place, I think I walked out with just on this one client. I mean, it was probably close to four hundred dollars a month in premium. And you know, I could have easily, probably two years prior, thrown that lead card away and been like, "This lady is just stringing me along, wasting my time." But you know, I'll, I'll make the phone call. It, it cost me nothing to make the call, even if she told me to jump in a lake. It still wouldn't have cost me but thirty seconds. Um, but you stay on that thing, and you know, over the course of this thing. You know, you'll end up making five, six grand on on something like that. So, that that's one that really sticks out. You know, I had another one last year. It was a couple, older couple, nice as can be, and you know, you're in there talking to them. And you're like, geez, I don't want to wow them too much with too much of a premium. And yeah, they're like, yeah, twenty thousand each, and it was, you know, total was over four hundred dollars per month. And you're just like, all right. So, you know, my my bread and butter. I'm a I'm a $30 a month guy on everybody. So when I get those, those are kind of nice to, those are nice bumps to your week when those happen. You mentioned, uh, talking to the, the little old, you know, 83 year old lady. Um, and I just want to kind of paint the picture for anybody listening. Um, you also mentioned you're a, you were a offensive lineman in, in college. So, you're kind of a big dude. What are you, six three? Um, and I'm probably I'm. Uh, I'd say if I'm if I'm on my tiptoes, I might be six one. I'm about six foot six one, two seventy five. So yeah, I, I shave my head, so I'm not the prettiest thing showing up on people's yeah. doors. But you know, I, it's a testament. We've said it for years. If I can figure out, you know, to get in front of people and how to talk to folks. Anybody can do this job. So yeah, and I just wanted to kind of dig in the the nitty gritty of how do you um, put somebody at ease and and say, hey, little old lady, can I come into your house and talk to you about this? How do you uh, kind of overcome that first, especially door knocking? Um, because you know you have a lead, you have an appointment with somebody, they're gonna almost have the door ready for you when you show up at the time that you agreed to. But when you're cold calling slash door knocking, uh, these nice little old ladies that are, um, at home at, you know, three in the afternoon and nobody else on their block is home, you know, how do you get past and, and get them at ease and, and gain their trust to at least just get in their house, much less, you know, make a sale. Uh, you know, I'd say I just try to, you know, kill them with kindness. Uh, if you can't put a smile on your face and, you know, that that lead card we've got in our hand, that's a pretty powerful thing because that person will look at it and they'll say, yeah, I did send this to you for a reason. So, so hey, it, it doesn't take long. If I can help, be great. If I can't, that's okay. Um, so you can uh, slap a smile on your face and, and understand that you caught them at maybe not the most convenient time. You ask them, say, hey, you know, I know I, know I caught you now. If it, if it doesn't work. 
you know, we, I can come back another time. You know, I had a hole in my day. You know, something a couple hours later works great, um, which, as we all know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, it, if you're just out there, and I, I've probably done this long enough to where I need to go back and dummy down a little bit and not, not overthink what we're doing, but enough people, you talk to them, you know the old, you know the the old saying of it's a it's a contact sport. The more people you contact, the better you're going to do, and that's how this is. You have to know going into it, you're going to get doors slammed in your face if you're knocking on doors. Um, that's I, that's why I prefer appointments, just because I know I got somewhere to go. So I to to answer your question, I I must have a, a friendly enough vibe about me to where people uh, people let me in and they say, hey, let's we'll hear what he has to say. I want to kind of bounce around a little bit less um, insurance talk uh, and more, you know, success type of stuff. So uh, in your mind, who's the most successful person you know and why? You know, I I guess it – I guess you have to define – it depends on your definition of success. Um, What's your you know, definition? I was talking with a, uh, you know, I don't really know what my definition of success is. Um, I, I think I'm still still probably trying to figure that out. Um, I was talking with a, a teammate of mine the other day about another teammate, a kid who had he played football with him for maybe a year or two at Hayes, and he ended up saying, this isn't my thing, you know, dropped out of school, came back, worked for a family business, and you fast forward 15 years, this guy financially, man, he's – the guy is just a total rock star. So, you know, not that he, you need a college degree to do any of that stuff, but he figured out a system of his own and has made it work. Um, you know, I don't have a good answer for that. I, again, I don't think enough about that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know who the most successful person I know is. I mean, I know I I know Jim's got a pretty pretty awesome lifestyle, and, you know, I, mine, mine's not too far behind. I think if I had a a few more dollars in the bank, I'd be a little closer to him up there. But, you know, what we do, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to compete with knowing that, that we're home as much as we are as, you know, as much gripes as we've got on a daily basis when we're out selling. Um, by and large, this is a pretty cool vehicle to get you to a life that that's, that's pretty cool. Is there somebody that you don't know as like a celebrity or something that you're like, Whoa, that guy is successful, you know. Uh, you bad. know, I not maybe on the surface, but I wouldn't know because I don't know enough about whatever celebrity. You know what I mean? It's like you see all this stuff. That, that's all on the surface. I I don't know enough about what some of those folks do. And like I said, I you know, I just it depends on on how you're measuring success. You know, if it's if it's only money, there's some people there that have probably a, you know. Not not the home life that I've got. If it's just on the home life, they might be you know happy as a clam and not have two nickels to rub together. So I don't I don't know what that happy medium is. Um, I know I know what I'm doing, and I know how. Like I said, the things it's provided, I can't I can't really complain. I, I, I the complaints I have there they would fall on deaf ears, and they should. So. So um, the next question is, uh, what are you passionate about? But I want to kind of frame it because we've we've asked this question in our um, 
in our small uh, get-togethers when we have all the agents together and stuff. And it, everybody's comment is the same. You know, I, I want to help people. I'm passionate about life insurance, and I, I don't think that's going to be your answer. But I'm, I'm no, more looking not. for when when you're done for the week and you hang up your bag, what are you passionate about? What do you enjoy doing most? You know what I like doing? I like I like seeing my kids compete at stuff so like my my oldest son he's playing baseball and i wasn't a baseball guy but i love going to baseball practice and seeing him i love seeing him when he's at the plate getting a hit you know that stuff is so fun my two younger ones they're seven and six right now and and i like watching them out there but it they drive me bananas because maybe i'm i want to see them and none of my kids have have a competitive streak yet and i just you like seeing you know to where practice on whether it's a baseball field or you know my oldest he swims you love seeing him compete and and want to do that that's i love that you know that's that's about the best thing out there for me um i my kid i'm i'm not a head coach of any of my kids sports but i'll help out with them um i just i don't think i would have the patience to be a head coach because I picture the way the game should look in my mind. Maybe from watching professional sports on TV, and then the way it actually looks, I feel like I would lose my mind out there. But uh, I, that's that's probably the most fun thing about my week. I it, it takes away from me being probably better at my job because I, it's easy to push this stuff, push paperwork to the side when I know my kids got a ball game and and uh, and that kind of stuff. So I know that uh, you you don't really write your goals down and things, but I know you have goals. Uh, what does goal setting look like to you personally? You know, I'd say financially. Um, I like to get my year-end statement from our church and see how much we tithe. You know, uh, at our, our I'm Catholic. At our parish, they, uh, they want to have 8% that you give to your church, and then the other 2% to make up that 10% goes to the charity of your choice. I like to get my statement at the end of the year and see. I know if I gave more this year than I did last year, that financially I, I made more money because I was able to give more. Um, and that's pretty fun. Um, you know, I, I like to to set kind of savings goals for, for our family. I, I am content as can be. I tell my wife, if, if God forbid something ever happened, I was if I was single, I'd probably live in a, a small apartment or trailer somewhere that had no maintenance because I'm, I don't like doing all that, the monotonous stuff, the mowing, all that stuff. Um, and it doesn't take much for me to live on, but, uh, she, she is not cut from that same, that, that, that same cloth. So we're, we're always saving up for things to do around the house. Last year, we, we took our kids, uh, took our family vacation to Disney World. That was the first time any of us had been there. Um, and that was pretty fun. It was fun. We paid, paid cash for the whole thing. Which is awesome when vacation doesn't follow you home. Um, you know, my wife and I. There's a class we help out with the Dave Ramsey, the financial peace class. We kind of help a, a couple facilitate that, and that's fun. It's fun to be able to help people on that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, as far as actual concrete goals, I I have a goal. I guess deep down, I want to buy another. I want to buy a rental house. When my mom passed away, we have we have one. It's kind of nice to get a, a check in the mail each month that you didn't do anything for. Um, so that's kind of my next big like income goal. I'd like to, I'd like at some point to have a steady, a, a 
solid stream of income that comes in that, that I'm not doing anything for. Is there a dream that you've given up on? I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe I just, I don't, maybe I don't dream and that's a sad thing to say, but maybe I, maybe I'm too scared to have a dream because if I don't hit it, I might not, you know what I mean? I, sure. I don't know that I, I don't know that I think that way. Um, and that's a, a cop out answer and it's a way to turn off my brain. Um, no, I think that's you know, awesome because I, I, I think I've heard the same um, answer on, on a lot of that is, you know, I don't even um, bog my mind down with, with something that may have been a failure. So I think that's great. How have your views and goals changed over the years? Um, um, I mean, obviously, just the older you get and the, the, the larger your family gets, you're, you're not doing things for yourself as much as you used to. It just used to be, you know, one point it was just me, then you get married, it's just the two of you, and then you start throwing kids in the mix. Your 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 dream is not that they're put on the shelf, but you got to make sure that that you're getting your kids in a better position than than you put yourself in. So if it just goes with me, I, I guess that would just be a sacrifice type thing. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that they've changed. Um, it's just a matter of now. My goals are making sure that my kids grow up not to be shitheads. For the most part, and that's probably not the the best way to say that. But you know, my my dream is that my kids are one day, you know, they'll be grown out of the house at the right time and uh, be active, productive members to society and their their community. I guess. Is there something that you're trying to actively get better at in your life? Uh, I'm trying to lose some weight, so I don't know if that's that's anything. Um, that's probably the main thing right now. No, I don't, and I don't even know that I work that hard at that. Um, but I'm, I need to, my, my, I don't need to be the size of an offensive lineman anymore. I haven't, haven't had to block anybody in several years. So do you have, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big into exercise. So I just got to watch my diet more than anything. I got you. Uh, what was one of the biggest failures or, or something that you can look back and say, um, I shouldn't have done that, but I learned a valuable lesson uh, in that in that failure. You know, I I don't know if it was a, a failure, um, but I know my when my mom passed, I was the executor of her estate, and when that happened, I have one brother, and they uh, they didn't get along, and to the point of he was. He was disinherited from her will, and so that's it's a heavy burden when you're the only one there and you're the executor on this stuff, and it's it has, to say, strained the relationship between my brother and I is an understatement. I haven't talked to him in years, but uh, I, I, I feel like I did everything executor-wise to the letter that I was supposed to to honor my mom's wishes, but this is a, an unintended consequences. Um, that I don't have a relationship there, which would be cool because he's got a family that's, they got four kids and, you know, shoot, we've never even met him. So that's, I, I don't know if that's a failure, but uh, I'd say it was an unintended consequence of a kind of a weird situation. 
What is um, one experience that you believe everybody should should try at least once? And I I usually say one kind of inexpensive experience, but you can run with it any way that you want to. What's something that you think everybody should experience at least once in their life? Oh man, I am probably the worst at something like this. I I don't know. Um, You should have given me that one in advance. I could have given us some more time to think about it. Um, it's okay. You can man, say pass. Really, we can come back to it. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know on that one. What's uh, one story that your friends or family always tell about you? Uh, we can pass again. Yeah, I might pass you. I, I, man, I don't know. You got some, you got some curveballs in here at me. <laughs> uh, you've been really successful, um, especially on a week to week basis. Do you still have the elation every week when you hit your goal, or is it just expected now that you're you're going to put in your two days of work and uh, at the end of them you're, you've hit your goal and you're going to head home, or um, do you still? I- I don't have the elation that I should, but I'm more the opposite. If I barely miss, if I'm a 37, 38, 3,900, I'm pissed that I didn't get to 4,000. Not so pissed that I stay out and work more, but I just, it, it just a little bit eats at me, just a little bit. Um, so I, I should be more excited when I hit four. I'm obviously, if you, if you far, far exceed your 4,000, um, you know, if you got a five, six, seven thousand dollar week, I'm pretty excited on those. Um, but I'd say, I, I'm, I'm a worse loser than I am a, a good winner. If that makes sense, I get, I get more, more down on my loss than I do up on my win. So, as far as uh, you know, you said you want to have some more rental properties and things like that. Do you see any other correlations or carryover uh, from our business uh, to other businesses or other uh, selling opportunities? Ask that question again. Do you see any other correlations or carryovers from what we do for like final expense and the, um, the self-employed nature of our business, uh, do you see any correlations or carryovers to other businesses or other um, selling opportunities? Um, you know, it, it, it's pretty much, to me, it's the same as, as anybody else who's self-employed. Um, it's just a, you know, if it's in sales, we just sell a different, a different widget. You know, it's obviously, it's not a, um, a tangible item that we sell. But yeah, it's it's no different. In my opinion, it's no different than anybody else that's self-employed. They, they work for themselves or they own their own business because that's what this is. And if you, that's the part you have to get your head around is that you're going to work for you. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's this is identical with with any of those folks that get a 1099 and they only work for them. Um, that's what this is. It's you know I I work for for the for the Holovach household, uh, incorporated, you know, they, they're the ones that pay me the check. So I've got to be the, the CEO, CFO and all that stuff. And if I'm not, I, I don't know, I think of a line of, of Dave Ramsey on the financial piece. He said, if you were, 
if you had a business named Darren Holovach Incorporated, would you hire you to run the, the finances? Well, I've got to be kind of a nerd on that stuff, so I want to make sure I do as good of a job as I can. So, you know, the business of the Holovach house is, is never in jeopardy. So I, I don't know if I answered exactly what you were looking for, but, yeah, it's, it's the same as any other self-employed person, I would imagine. Darren, something you might elaborate on a little bit, and you say this quite often, and I, I quote you quite often on it, is um, you always say you get out of this business exactly what you put into it. Um, I say this business, but that's life. I mean, you get out of anything you do what you put into it. And I tell my kids that, you know, if you you bring home a bad mark on, from school, you know, hey, you weren't studying. You were jacking around. Um, same with me. You know, if I was in college, I, you know, a night before an exam, if I'm out partying and I, I tanked on it, well, I got out of what I put into it. It's the same. It's with everything. You know, if, if you're not going to prepare for things, and I, granted, I probably, I probably prepare on a, uh, the, the minimum level I probably do as little as I need to to succeed, um, which I think there's a lot of folks like that. But uh, it, it, that, it, to me, those are the words of life. If if you're not going to take the time to put in the effort to get the result you're looking for out of it, you have no one to look at. You have no one to blame but yourself. You know, you talk to agents. You say, "Hey, how'd you do this week? Terrible." Well, how many people did you see? That's what it all boils down to. Well, if you don't. I saw four people. Well, you weren't working long enough. You weren't working hard enough. That you know, you got nobody to blame but you, and we all know it. Um, I do a terrible job at tracking what I do. The scoreboard I use is just sales and premium. That's it. I don't know how many, I don't know how many phone calls it took me to get there. I don't know how many doors it took me to knock on. But once I get there, I know the rest of it will work itself out. Um, but yeah, I I probably say that. That's. That is me kicking a dead horse. You'll get out of, I say this business, but that part is irrelevant. You get out of blank exactly what you put into it. You are brutally honest to me, um, to my dad. Do you do that to yourself? And just an FYI, that's probably why I don't call you as much as I <laughs> don't, is because I don't want to hear the truth. And uh, you're you don't really hear, good you at don't laying it on your me. dad. Junior on the other end saying, well, what's up? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll probably say the same exact thing that your dad would have told you. Right. So do you um, do that do to I yourself? Do that um, maybe not on the surface. I might try to try to make it sound a little better than it is. But deep down, I know. I mean, you know, you're only tricking yourself on stuff. You know, we I, we joke with people, and I've said it for years, and I'd always mess with you. You know, did you have a big rewrite in there? Well, yeah, we have more rewrites. Well, you're only tricking yourself if you think, you know, if, if you, you you covered up one chargeback with another one, you know, with another, you know what I'm saying. Oh. Um, yeah, I, 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 I try to be. I probably, I'm probably not as hard as I should be on myself sometimes, but, you know, I, I guess I justify that with my past and say, hey, you know, we'll be on our house another month and I'll get them next week, so. So when we're in these uh real nice houses that we talked about. Um, we have to ask some kind of sensitive questions, you know, how's their health? We've got to, uh, get their social security number from them, usually their bank account information, stuff like that. How do you, how have you perfected asking these questions? And, uh, also does that carry over in your everyday life? Uh, when you ask other people for other things? Um, you know, it's, 
it's one of those things where I think the longer you do it, the more you don't think about asking those types of questions. Um, I, and I remember being with your dad training, you know, being amazed that he could just say to these people, go get your checkbook. And they would get up and they'd go do it. I can, I do that now too. And it's like, man, you just have to have the confidence to be able to pull a statement like that off and actually do it. Where when you're new in the business, you're terrified. You know, you could have somebody giving you every buying sign under the moon. And if you don't ask them, you know, worst case scenario, what are they going to do? They're going to tell you no. That's okay. So, yeah, anymore, I just ask away. I I guess I try to massage it a, a little bit to where if I'm – if I know this is going down a path where I'm going to write information on an application, I um, um, I'm, I start with the easy stuff first. You know, hey, what's who's your who's your beneficiary going to be? How about your backup beneficiary? Um, so I go through all that kind of stuff first, right before I hop straight into what's your social security number, what's your bank account information. Those are usually the last two pieces of info I get. Um, but I know once we're going down a path like that, you, you feel your spot. You know what, when and what you can ask. Or sometimes that's what gets me out of the house. If I know this thing, this person's wasting my time, hey, what day of the month do you want this to come out of your account on? And you know, if you know what's going nowhere, I'm going to need your bank info. No, I don't do that. See ya. You know, save me the time. So it just kind of, you know, from house to house, you got to kind of feel it out. And that kind of sets the, the level of. I guess confidence that you can ask those questions with. Sure, that makes sense. Um, looking back about fifteen years or so, what advice would you give your you know twenty three, twenty four year old self, or even any agent just starting in the business? Uh, what do you think that they need to be good at? What do you think they need to not worry about, et cetera? Um, the biggest thing is just go to work. I remember when I was making my transition from the financial services market to this market thinking, man, these products, this isn't that great. And the guy that brought me in the business, he said, you need to dummy down. These are different products. You know, it's for an entirely different purpose. So just put your head down. Don't overthink the process. Go, go talk to the people that are out there. If you hate, if you hate picking up the phone, go knock on their door. You know, and that, don't prejudge any of them. You know, you're going to end up in front of some nice homes. Some of those folks are going to kick you out. Some of them are going to say, yeah, I sent that in. My mom lives here with us, and we're looking for something on her. And you're like, oh, shoot, okay. You know, totally misread that. If you if you judge any of this stuff ahead of time, you're going to miss out on an awful lot. Um, the second one is uh, if you're starting on this business, be be, be stingy on your non-work-related things. So when it comes to leads, don't be stingy. But outside of that, don't spend all your commissions. Don't, don't have them blowing out the door right as they're coming in because it'll, you'll, you won't be an agent. As far as, uh, you know, we, have, we all have people who like or dislike us. Um, what do you think your naysayers say, say about you? My naysayers, I don't even know who my naysayers are. Um, I, yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I guess I don't, I don't want to even 
put that kind of time and thought into something like that. I got enough other crap going on to where if I've got naysayers, I, I don't know. That's if they want to hate me for some reason, that they got their own issues going on. Cool. Um, I got some quick draw questions for you. They're going to be quick uh, questions, but they don't necessarily have to be quick answers. Um, I know whenever we go on vacation or whatever, you're always dragging a book along with you. Are there any books that you've read multiple times or is there a book you find yourself uh, gifting often or telling people you got to read such and such? Um, you know, unfortunately, no, I wish I was a, a more of a reader than I actually am. Unfortunately, the books, the books that I've carried with me the last several trips that I've seen you guys on, I probably still have them and they're probably still not, they're still not finished. I, uh, Man, I really struggle when it comes to reading. I just don't know it doesn't. I need to find something that interests me a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm I'm terrible with that. I I think I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. That was a kind of an older. It's been a while, but I like that one. Um, no, I need to be a better reader. I have a, That's a terrible answer to that question. Sorry. That's all right. Do you have any other uh, podcast books, resources, or anything else that you? that you find yourself listening to or, or, or being informed by? Um, I probably need to listen to more stuff on the road. I probably fill my mind with too much garbage just between sports talk radio and comedy stations and music. I, I do listen to Dave Ramsey's show a lot. I don't know that it's necessarily to learn anything. Um, it's probably to make it, it, selfishly. It probably makes me feel better about my own financial situation. When I hear some of the stories that call in, it's entertaining. Um, it is, um, and I get a kick out of it, man. It's, it, and not that money is the end all, be all, but uh, it 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 weaves its its fabric into every you know every aspect of our life. Money's involved somewhere in there, um, and so I I feel like I feel like I do well, but I could always do better. And and I know long term I have to have some level of financial security, and so I guess that's the kind of stuff I I fill up my brain with on there. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I was a better reader, not only for my own sake, but that my kids would see, oh, dad knows how to read. <laughs> so, Is there someone older or more experienced than you that you look up to? Um, you know, on from this standpoint, from, from, a, from a what we do and a lifestyle standpoint, I would definitely say, uh, say Jim Mull on that one. Um, you know, he's... I've gotten a lot of core values and stuff, um, and nothing against my own dad. Um, he's my my dad's not involved necessarily in any church or anything. And I think his his head would explode if I told him how much I tithe on an annual basis. Um, but I feel like that's important that my kids see that. Um, and you know, I picked a lot of that up probably from Jim because he's you know I think I've known him now every every bit of fifteen years and. That's just kind of a cool thing to know that that you're putting money towards something that's that's bigger than than yourself. Um, obviously, he does a a great job in selling the products that we sell um, and doing what we do. So it'd probably be your dad. Do you have any specific morning rituals? No. You just hit the ground running. How about evening before bed? Do you have anything that you do on a re- on a religious basis before you shut the lights out? 
Uh, I mean, we always we always play with the kids before bed. That's probably the most consistent thing we do. Awesome. Do you have any quotes, sayings, mantras, or anything that are a constant reminder that you have sitting around in the house or on the fridge or anything like that? No, I don't. I am. I am. I, I don't know that that's necessarily a sentimental type thing, but I am probably the least sentimental type person out there. It's just kind of with me. It, you get what you get. Um, I'm not. I try not to overthink stuff. I'm not. Not necessarily all that smart by any means. Um, but no, no. There, there's, there's nothing, nothing magical with me. I'd say. One thing that, and and you are smart, Darren. This is something that you say quite often. But if I remember right, you uh, graduated with like about a 3.8 GPA uh, while you played college football. Um, but one of the things I hope the listeners pick up from this podcast is that. You don't have to be an exceptional individual to be very, very successful in life because you are very successful because you and, and you said you really don't know how to define success, but the time that you spend with your family, um, I've seen you personally interact with your children, and you're one of the greatest fathers uh, that I see you do a great job with your wife. You're an, uh, an amazing husband to her. So, you know, it's something that, you know, everybody wants to listen to a successful podcast or, or podcast about successful business people, and they expect them to say, oh, yes, I read, I read every day, and I read these books, and here's what you should read, and here's my quotes, and I got them on my mirror, I got them in my car, you know, and I do this and I do that. And, and to me, Darren, you're one of the most unique individuals from the perspective that you don't have all those things going that success magazine says you should be doing, but you still lead a very successful life because it's your life. You've designed, uh, you and Heather have sat down and designed this lifestyle for you and your children and you live it every day. So, you know, I don't want you to ever apologize to anybody for your life and, and for the things you do or don't do, because I think the world of you and, um, you are very successful in my, in my opinion. Oh, Jim, thank you. <laughs> uh, among other things. <laughs> what are uh, what are one to two things that people can do or change in the next week or two that would have a drastic impact on their lives? Doesn't have to be insurance or, or business related. Could just be tithing more or whatever. Um, that would have an impact. I, it, I, you know, it, that's such an open ended question. Um, I guess it depends on on where their their life, you know, what, what part do they want to improve their life? You know, um, obviously, an easy one is is to say financially because there's so many people out there that do struggle financially. Um, I know, like I said, helping out with these Dave Ramsey courses, it, it it's it's very liberating to uh, unpack all of all of the things you've got going on financially. I know we've dealt with that with, with the class that we're helping. And people have said, you know, I, I knew I knew my situation wasn't good, um, but I, I listed everything down. I wrote everything down, and it is ugly, but at least I know where I'm at right now. And so, you know, at least it, it gives you, you know, to take take your head your head out of the sand, look at where you, where you're where you're at and where you're going, or at least at least look at where you're at, and at least kind of help you build the game plan on what you want to do. Um, and again, if for, if it's for those folks that that don't struggle financially, if they struggle in their home life, you know, look at the things that, that you want to change. You know, if, if you're going through a divorce, look at the things and say, what what could I have done or what could I do to, to reconcile this? Or, you know, if you have to, if you need to spend more time with your family, find find ways that you can make that, that thing happen. I guess that's, 
you know, for not being a goals guy, if, if those are your, the goals that you have in your life, just figure out what that goal is and, and how you can attain it. So what would you like for your personal legacy to be? Um, and again, I, man, I don't think on those kind of terms too often. Um, you know, I just want, by the time the dust settles, I want people just to say, Hey, any interactions we had with, with Darren, he was, he was a good dude. He was honest. Um, he was a smart ass. I'll say that probably first. Um, at least he was a smart ass at the, the appropriate times, maybe some of the inappropriate times, but, uh, just, you know, for my, the people that I care about that I'm close to, um, to, to remember me well, uh, and outside of that, I, I guess, like I said, these, these three kiddos that we've got here for them to, to say they, uh, to say that I was a good guy, I guess I, I'm not for sure that I, I, I provided well. That's awesome. And I was there. Cool. Do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, that's about it. You gotta, you gotta, your next person, you need to give them some, some ideas of the curveballs that are heading their way. I feel like a dummy not being able to answer questions because I, I was thinking about an experience you have to do still, and I, I can't think of one, but part of that, I'm a boring guy. Um, I, I joke, if it wasn't for Heather, I probably wouldn't have much fun. I do like to go snow skiing, so that would be something I would recommend you do. Even my, even my fat ass can get up there on some skis. I can come down pretty quick. <laughs> so very good. But no, that's, that's about all I got. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time and, uh, we'll catch you later. Thanks, Darren. Hey, absolutely. You guys have a good one. All right. Bye. See you. Stop by one and done training.com. That's the number one a N D D O N E training.com. There, you'll find our blog, media library, and ongoing training to help with your final expense career. Thanks. We'll see you there.